Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Can Democratic Socialist Bernie Sanders feel the burn? Beat President Donald Trump in 2020. That's the subject of tonight's Point of View. I want to ask you, are you feeling the burn right now? Because Bernie Sanders, a.k.a. Senator Santa Claus, announced his run for presidency today for the 2020 campaign. Can't afford college? Don't worry about it. Vote for me because it'll be free. Can't afford health care? Don't worry about that either. Vote for me. It'll be free. Senator Bernie Santa Claus. You get the picture now. Before I get to what Senator Bernie Santa Claus said earlier today, I do want you to ask just for a moment, ask you a very simple question, and this is a serious question. If I were to ask you at home, what, what, if you think about the American dream, what does the American dream look like to you? Take a moment, imagine what you see in your head. If I asked you, hey, what, what's your personal dream for yourself, what comes to mind, what do you see for yourself? Because when I was growing up, I was always taught and told that, hey, we should inspire, we should inspire ourselves to go out and be successful, what, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that means for you in your world, but to go out, work hard, and create your American dream. And then when you go out and create this stuff, you, you get to choose whoever you want to share that with. Not someone from the government dictating to you how you've got to share your success, share your wealth that you've went out and worked so hard for. Because, and back in the day, your success inspires me. It says to me, hey, if you can do it, then guess what? I can go out and do it. But folks, here's why I bring this up tonight, because I'm asking you to be hyper, I mean hyper aware during this 2020 campaign, because every single Democrat socialist, they're going to go out there and they are going to vilify the American dream. They're going to vilify success. They're going to try to guilt trip you. If you want to go out there and be somebody, create something, they're going to try to guilt trip you to go, gosh, I don't know if I want to do that. Then they're going to turn successful people that already pay a majority of our taxes into villains. That's going to be the strategy. I'm just inviting you tonight. Please don't fall for that. Wealthy people pay a lot of taxes. They're not villains. Many of them have worked hard. I think many of us should aspire to do the same. All right, here's some of what Senator Bernie Sanders said earlier today in his 2020 presidential announcement. As you hear this, I want you to ask yourself, does this sound familiar? Our campaign is about transforming our country. Our campaign is about transforming our country. I heard that earlier today in his announcement. I thought, for some reason, that seems to ring a bell. Roll the clip. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Let me ask you another simple question. If you love something, if you think something is working really well, if things are going well, do you want to transform it? Would you want to transform that? Because Bernie Santa Claus just said, hey, I want to transform this country. I don't know what that says to you, but it says to me that he wants to transform it from a capitalist country into, AKA, <laughs> some of you are gonna laugh at this, but Venezuela. Venezuela's not going so well. So now to give Senator Sanders, Senator Bernie Claus some credit here, the guy's on fire in his first day. He raised, wait till you hear this, he already raised $1.2 million from 42,000 donors. And that was just the first three and a half hours of his campaign. That's more than Kamala Harris raised in the first 
24. The question I want to ask you tonight is, hey, can Bernie Sanders beat President Trump in 2020? If you remember the polling back in 2016, I'm telling you, if Hillary Clinton wanted to rig the primary via the Democrat Party, many people suggested that Bernie Sanders would have ended up beating President Trump, now President Trump, back in 2016. We'll get to that in a moment, please. But also, when you look at the Rear Clear Politics polling, they had Bernie Sanders up by like 10 points for much of the race over Trump. When he would go head to head, when he would go head to head with Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders had 9, 10, 11 point leads. Go check it out on Real Clear Politics, but it spells it out there. Now, as many of you remember, and I think this is from when he was here in Fargo, I mean, Bernie was pulling the crowds just like the Trumpster did. They were coming out. It was freezing when Bernie Sanders was here in Fargo. And there was lines all the way down 42nd Street. It was at that Delta Marriott Hotel. And now you've got one of Bernie's pollsters suggesting that North Dakota could be in play for Bernie Sanders in 2020. He said this, some of the Sanders camp envision possibly making a play for Iowa, Ohio, and Indiana, as well as states such as Kansas, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Montana. A Democratic Socialist, maybe out of District 42. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But they're now saying that he may have a shot here in North Dakota. Would love to know your point of view on that. I want to play one more thing that uh, Bernie Claus said earlier today in an interview with John Dickerson from CBS. And I think as you, well, let's just play the clip. We have a president who is a racist, who is a sexist, who is a xenophobe, who is doing what no president in our lifetimes has come close to doing, and that is trying to divide us up. Trying to divide us up. I've said this to you many times on the show before. As soon as somebody comes out of the gate and they start using the ist and the bigots and those, you, you know you're winning the debate right there. If they can't actually debate you and they're going to start just labeling you all those things, you're winning the debate. But here's what I want to do. I want to blow Bernie's lack of argument or argument out of the water here because I wonder what Bernie Claus... And by the way, Empire actor Jesse Smollett would say about this. This might be the, hold on before you put this graphic up. This might be the single biggest action a president of the United States has ever taken for the homosexual, homosexual community ever in the history of America. Check this out. President Trump globally wants to decriminalize homosexuality across the entire world. He's got this human rights thing that he wants to do regarding homosexuality, and a big reason he's inspired to do this now is because in Iran, one of our foes, who remember Obama gave $1.8 billion cash to, Bernie Sanders voted for the Iran deal, but Iran hanged a young man because he was gay. It is a crime in Iran. It's a crime in really a lot of radical Muslim countries to be homosexual. So I wonder what Jesse Smollett would have to say about that. Also, I did reach out to uh, Representative Josh Bosay, the first openly homosexual legislator here in the great state of North Dakota. Just want to get his thoughts on President Trump wanting to decriminalize homosexuality across the globe. Here's what Representative Bosay texts me back in a statement. It says, hey, it's great that the United States will work with our allies to ensure gay and lesbian people across the globe are free to live openly and authentically without the fear of being jailed or killed for who they are. 
But yeah, Bernie Claus. Trump wants to do that, but he's a bigot, sexist, whatever. All right, let's get into the actual issues and see what happens. And as many of you know, Governor Tim Walz out of Minnesota released his first budget as governor uh, earlier today. We're hoping to have an interview with Governor Walz tomorrow, so be sure and join us for that. But I want to talk about this because Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison has now joined, I think it's 15 other states, state of California and the Ninth Circus, I mean Ninth Circuit, to sue President Trump over his idea that he wants to declare a national emergency to use some funds to build the wall. Here's what Minnesota AG Keith Ellison said earlier today. We have a system of separation of powers. Congress has the power of the purse. They've allocated the money in an appropriate way. This is not a real emergency. For him to declare one just to solve a political crisis for himself is not right. A couple of important things I want you to note, folks, is that in 1976, that's when they had the National uh, Emergency Act. That's when Congress punted a lot of its uh, powers, if you will, to the executive, to the president of the United States. You're going to hear a lot of people like Mr. Ellison say, this is unconstitutional. Eh, not so fast. This isn't a President Obama DACA creation out of thin air situation. If you look at the actual statutes, President Trump, using the 1976 statute that Congress created, Four presidents, that's one. But then if you go to 1982, and I don't want to get too wonky here tonight, but I do want to back up the fact that the President Trump is not going outside his executive bounds. In 1982, Congress also created what's called the Military Construction Act. Now, within the Military Construction Act, it says specifically the Secretary of Defense can utilize money that's already been appropriated. Remember, Congress has got the power of the purse. Money that's already been appropriated to move that around and utilize for military construction. we got thousands of troops at the border. It is an emergency. So President Trump is acting within his executive domain. Clearly, this is going to go through the courts. But if we have got what we think we have, a blind lady of justice, meaning the courts, then there, there should be no issue if this even goes all the way up to the SCOTUS in the Ninth Circus. You absolutely never know. All right, I do want to move on to this. We've got North Dakota Representative Jake Bloom joining us tonight out of District 42, the district that was a saying, hey, bravo to democratic socialism. So I want to get his take on that. But also, he's talked recently about um, death by fiscal note when you've got unelected bureaucrats in North Dakota sort of thwarting the will of the people. So Representative Bloom is joining us live right now from our studio in Bismarck. Representative Bloom, great to have you with us, sir. You heard me, I'm, I'm hoping, talk about uh, Senator Bernie Santa Claus, and you have your district now up there saying bravo to democratic socialism. I just want to get your take on, did you have a lot of people as you're out there campaigning saying, hey, I think that North Dakota would do well as a socialist state? Well, first of all, Chris, uh, thanks for having me on tonight. It's fantastic to be with you. Um, it really is kind of stunning, isn't it, to see a, a local Democratic district party use that kind of rhetoric. I mean, it, it surprised me, unfortunately. Uh, you know, this is kind of the way that things are moving in that party in that side of the aisle. Um, it's really indicative of, it's a special day for Bernie Sanders to announce his presidential run and have them supporting his rhetoric. When I was running, that really wasn't an issue. I thought uh, most of the Democrats I dealt with were more of the moderate sort, you know, the traditional North Dakota-style Democrat. But, you know, with the, uh, the soaring rhetoric and uh, with the popularity of Ocasio-Cortez in Congress and <clears throat> people of that strain, I mean, I think this is something uh, that's really a concern and it's something we have to worry about. And it's disappointing to see it developing in my own district. 
It's going to be interesting. You got Bernie's pollster saying that, hey, he may have a shot against President Trump in North Dakota in 2020. Hmm. Obviously, time will tell. I want to really have you on tonight in the context of this piece that you wrote for sayanythingblog.com around, uh, you said state agencies lobbying fiscal note must end. And what jumped out to me, and so correct me if I'm wrong here, is the fact that, you know, I look at what happened recently with the Andy McCabe interview, and you've got these unelected career, I call them swamp creatures, trying to remove a president of the United States not elected, nobody voted for Andy McCabe or Jim Comey. And what I took away from your piece is now we've got unelected bureaucrats that are also trying to thwart the will of the people in North Dakota. Obviously different than removing somebody, but still thwarting the will of the people. Right. Am I missing something here? And explain what's going on. So, uh, Chris, this has actually been an issue for a long time. This isn't the first session that we've dealt with this. Um, my bill, 1264, which would have raised the speed limit to 80 miles per hour, was just a... Uh, a prime vehicle to expose what happened here. Now, I want to be clear that most of the people who work in our state agencies are devoted to the state. They're fantastic people. They have, you know, the interests of the common good at heart. But uh, what struck me with the uh, Department of Transportation's fiscal note in particular was that they attempted to say it was totally contrary, was the language they used, totally contrary to the uh, stated goals of the Vision Zero program, which uh, Though that's under their purview to execute, um, they kind of spoke for the governor's office, unfortunately, and I believe we've since come to a bit of an understanding there, and uh, I hope that this, uh, like I said, lobbying by Fiskanote, you know, becomes a thing of the past. Um, I'm sure it'll take some time, but I think that uh, the people who stood up in that debate made it really clear that it is an issue to be addressed, and I'm, I'm feeling confident that going into the future now that it's become a kind of a thing of public interest. I hope that we can put a stop to it because well, I wanna, it, I wanna, is, it is an issue, you know, where the... Yeah, I want to give people sorry, some context here, and maybe you can explain this because I don't often buy speed limit signs, but you brought up the example in your piece that in North Dakota, the DOT right. said, hey, the speed limit sign is going to be $600. If you look at South Dakota, Montana, it's $100. So they, it, it appears to me as a layman that they're inflating these prices, you mentioned, as sort of death by fiscal notes. My question to you is, you say, hey, Chris, right. we're going to try to solve this problem. How do you solve it? How do you begin to not have these bureaucrats impact or thwart our elected officials? You know, we're going to need to exercise our oversight capacity. We're going to need to look into it and figure out why there is such an inflated cost on those highway signs. I mean, like you just brought up, South Dakota, Montana, they're just hovering around $100. You know, that's pretty reasonable. But North Dakota somehow pays roughly $650 per highway sign, which, you know, frankly blows my mind. I think, uh, I think we're going to need to get to the bottom of it. I don't know if it's a contract or what exactly the reasoning is there. But if we can exercise some oversight and... Uh, dig into it a little bit, hopefully we can get some answers because the people don't deserve to be paying that much when in comparison to other states, it's just, that's just exorbitant. Are you suggesting that we should start our own speed limit sign here in North Dakota, Representative Bloom? Uh, I wanna get your last thoughts on this, man. Um, <laughs> so you voted for this anti-discrimination, <laughs> you, you voted for this anti-discrimination bill. I wanna share with you what uh, District 45 Chairman John Tranum said about the bill and then give you a chance to respond. First off, the NDGOP put out a resolution saying hey, they weren't going to sign off of these anti-discrimination bills. You voted yes for it. Then he said uh, what this does is it passes special protections for people based on a class of bedroom activities and self-perceptions and warned it would open up Christians to frivolous litigation born of ideological hostility. What's your response to Chairman Tranum? Well, you know, I like John. He's a great guy. But let me say this. Um, I view this in the context of it being a generational issue. I mean, we're one of the last states that hasn't passed some sort of uh, LGBT non-discrimination statute into law. 
The reality of the situation is that most people treat everyone with respect in North Dakota, but there are instances of discrimination in that community. Um, I view this, you know, I'm a 24-year-old uh, Republican. I think there's a kind of a generational gap on this issue. Um, I personally just think it's the right thing to do, and uh, I would have to disagree with, uh, with Chairman Trangium. I, I respect his opinion. I uh, respect the, uh, the thoughts and the will of the people that put that resolution in the party, but I, I simply disagree, and I think uh, the, uh, my generation of Republicans uh, plainly probably feels the same way. Representative Bloom, we appreciate the time of the night when feeling the burn. Bernie Sanders announces his run for presidency. Hey, man, well, keep hopefully up. he flames out again. <laughs> we will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for having me on. All right, would love to know your point of view. Are you feeling the burn for Senator Bernie Santa Claus? I'd uh, love to know your point of view on that.